All right, today I would like for us to look at a one verse parable that Jesus spoke in Matthew 13, 44. And here's what he said. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So today in our world, there is much anxiety, right? I mean, high levels of fear and sickness, uh, for sickness and fear for death and for our loved ones, fear for loss of job, loss of paycheck, uh, decline in stock market, etc. And today I want us to talk about things that are more akin to joy and peace and, and delight and pleasure. How many of you have ever played Monopoly? You know, the board game. Actually, it would be a, a great time to pull out of the closet that old game if you have it um, during these times of social distancing and play it with your family. Yeah, a good way to see this analogy, actually, that Jesus talks about in, in the parable. Uh, in Monopoly, you begin to gain money as you pass goal and you you draw cards and you buy property, right? Then when you find something better, you gladly sell the property you have in order to buy this other property, which is much better real estate. <laughs> Let's say maybe it's Boardwalk, the most expensive piece of property in the game and the one that, that uh, draws the most rent. So you have this big old gigantic grin on your face even though you may have to sell all that you have in order to buy that property. So that kind of goes along with our verse. I think we could take it further though. Um, and uh, so after you bought Boardwalk and, and you began to become wealthy and you bought more and more of the property on the Monopoly game, all of a sudden one day you draw a card and you read it and it tells you something about something worth more than all the property in the whole world, in the whole game. And it's the best treasure in the universe. It's above every single thing physical and spiritual combined. You see, in the real world, that's Jesus. And God opens our eyes to see Jesus as, as good news for our sinful hearts. And, and he uses his word and he uses the Holy Spirit to do that. And then all of a sudden we, we see him as beautiful, the greatest treasure in the universe, worth, worth trusting, worth delighting in, uh, worth unclenching our fists from the treasures of the world so that we might embrace him for the rest of our life. He is our treasure worth selling all for. And like our text says, then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And so in our joy, we unclench our fists and we, we take the hand of Jesus as reaching out to us. Paul said it like this in Philippians 3.8, and it's the same thing. He said, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So yeah, the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. Did you get that? That's joy. 
Um, it's like Paul has this big old grin on his face as he, he does what Jesus' parable says. He counts all his loss that he might have Christ. Now, this world is fighting against this. It's, it's like a giant carnival where callers call out saying, you can win big, but you don't. And if you do, it's, it's very poor quality prizes that you get. Um, big old stuffed animals with the seams falling apart, maybe. And, you know, the sounds and the smells and the colors and the bright lights, they pull on your heartstrings. You know, one day when I was 17, a carnival came to Dodge City and I picked up my check from the Sonic and I got it cashed. And I spent, I believe I spent basically every single thing I had at the carnival. And I might have got this little real world cheap toy that probably broke before I got it home. Or I might have given it to somebody there. It wasn't worth anything. But the world is like that. I mean, everything is broken and it will break you. Like Paul said, it's rubbish. He counts everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. So what are some of the things in life that promise pleasure and satisfaction? A carnival, yes, we covered that. Um, it doesn't satisfy, you spend all you have. Uh, you don't get great treasure. Uh, but you just get brokenness. Drugs, yes, they promise satisfaction, but um, they're not all they're cracked up to be. Uh, notice the pun there. But, hey, drugs ruin. They don't, they don't bring satisfaction. They ruin people's lives, millions and millions and millions of people. Um, food, yeah, food promises satisfaction. We like food. I think it was Homer Simpson that said to give me liberty or give me, oh, a jelly donut. So I like uh, all-you-can-eat buffets, um, but I have to be careful because I want to keep going back. I, even though I'm full, I'm not really satisfied because I want more. And if I keep going back, I just make myself sick. And I, I assume that many people do the same thing and then go home and just throw up. I mean, and that, that's what the world does to, to us as well. You know, even a beautiful sunset does not satisfy, does it? But instead, what it does, just before the darkness settles in over the land, um, its beauty points us to the creator of the universe, the one who does satisfy, the one who does give great joy. Now, the Perhaps the biggest promise of the world for satisfaction and joy and happiness and delight is money, right? Wealth. The world is, is a rich person's buffet. And though they might become full of stuff, many of them keep looking for joy in the world and in more stuff. The end of the promises of wealth are like everything else in the world. They, they end with disappointment. You may remember the rich young ruler or the rich young man that is spoken of in Mark chapter 10. He was the one who came to Jesus asking what he must do to have eternal life. And I suppose he might somehow have thought he could earn it by doing something. I mean, th this young man indicated to Jesus that he had kept God's commandments, but Jesus knew his heart. And this, this man had, had failed 
right off the bat in God's commands because the first commandment and the greatest is you shall have no other gods before me. That's, that's in Exodus chapter 20. And he had made this one thing, his wealth, to be his God above the Lord. Also, he refused to see Jesus as God and, and some other things we could talk about. But uh, in regards to, to this, it says in, in verse 21 of Mark 10, And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing, go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. So, do you think this young man's wealth brought him great joy and satisfaction and delight? No, because in the next verse, 22, it says this, Disheartened by the same, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. You see, Jesus is infinitely um, greater than all the treasures of the earth combined. Um, and look, we don't have two great treasures in our life. We, we can only have one. I mean, Matthew 6.24 says, No one can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one, to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. So um, today, yeah, yeah, I hope you found your, your joy in Jesus and not in the things of the world. I hope that, that you're like the parable where Jesus said that in his joy, he, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Yeah, I hope Jesus is your treasure. You've, you've given up making the things of the world your God and your, your one true treasure is Jesus Christ. The same thing that Paul said, right? He counted everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. So, so if the world is, is your buffet and you're looking for, for joy and delight and satisfaction in the world, if the world is your carnival, if the world is your drugs, whatever it may be, um, you're, you're never going to be satisfied. And so today I pray that God would open up your eyes to see Jesus as beautiful, to see him as the good news of great joy that the angel spoke of, to see him as the greatest treasure in the universe worth giving up all for, uh, to see him as the answer to your soul's sin, the one that was promised uh, that would come through the seed of the woman for all who hope in him, promised after Adam and Eve sinned, and it's for them, and it's for us, and it's for all who will come, who will look to, who will hope, who will draw nigh to, who will believe in Jesus Christ. I want to close with a, a uh, poem about the joy of Christ, and uh, it's called Christian Hedonism. There are many isms in the prism of schisms like egotism, feminism, legalism, and criticism. But today, won't you listen to my optimism and the wisdom of Christian hedonism? Take the best endeavors of the human life. There's something far better than all their delights. A treasure past measure, like what day is denied. A pleasure fully suited for man's appetite. Wikipedia has 
officially registered Christian hedonism. Compared now, all else might be called dungism, people locked in prison by things that glisten, rubbishism, lustism, smutism, the whole world is in derision. Because Jesus lived, died, and now has risen, he is my precious, my, my riches, my vision, my fortune, my mission, for now I'm forgiven, my treasure, my pleasure, my true hedonism.